Hello, everyone. I'm Fox News' Rup Raj, and welcome to the Let It Rip podcast. On the February 9th edition, we talked about President Biden, not just the State of the Union address. Did he miss the mark or did he make it? And what about the Chinese spy balloon? Could he have done more? We dig in. Let's let it rip. Tonight on Let It Rip. Because the people of this nation are strong. The State of the Union is strong. But did he do enough to lay out a concrete path forward for America, or was it just a launch of his next presidential campaign? A conservative columnist and a congresswoman who was in the room during the State of the Union. They join us next, but first. China is the most challenging national security threat America has faced in 30 years. What do we now do? Uh, with Xi Jinping. The Chinese spy balloon shot down, but not before it reaches the East Coast. Did the president's team handle it appropriately, and did it make the country look weak to the rest of the world? The political battle over the big balloon. The debate starts now. I'm not a let it rip. The Chinese spy balloon might have been blown to bits, but the story is just now beginning. As Congress investigates how it ended up in U.S. airspace, we're learning the balloon could collect intelligence signals. Joining us now in our studio is Michigan Veterans Affairs Director and former state senator Adam Ollier. And via Skype, we have former Congressman Mike Rogers, who chaired the House Intelligence Committee. As always, Fox 2 anchor and attorney Charlie Langton here with us as well. We are so grateful to have Mike Rogers with us and Adam. Thank you both for being with us today. Mike, we'll begin with you. Um, Look, you sat on this chair and had this happened under your watch when you were actually the chair. What would be the first concern or question that you would have had when you found out this balloon was hovering above Montana? Yeah, well, let me just say quickly why they would use a balloon. They have satellite capability. They have spy planes like the U.S. has spy planes. And it's all about the ability to linger over a target. And so there's a suite of technology attached to this balloon. And by the way, the reports are that it had an explosive device on it so that just in case it came into the hands of the Americans, it would self-destruct, believe it or not. So that tells you likely it's spy gear. And what was happening was the fact that that uh, they were lingering over targets that were very, very sensitive to the United States. And so they were trying to collect all kinds of things. Everything was called MAZINT, which means it could be radiological emissions, chemical emissions, other things coming up uh, that they can sense and pick, uh, pick up at 60,000 feet, as well as uh, signals of cell phones and uh, even classified encrypted communications become an important intelligence tool. That's what they were doing. That That's why it was concerning, and that's why I think the big hubbub, rightly so, of what the Chinese were up to. Adam Olia, you hear these comments from someone who actually sat on the Intelligence Committee and understands this. You're a member of the military yourself. You understand how important it is to protect airspace. Does Does it concern you that the Chinese had this balloon just hovering above America for so many days? Well, I'm... I'm an officer in the military, and I'm always doing this work. As we talk about, that's why it's so important for us to engage and be ready, which is something that our president has really prioritized. It's something that you see continued efforts to do. But it's why it's so important that we continue to invest in Ukraine and show other nations all across the world that we're not going to tolerate aggressive actions here. But when we take a look at this particular situation, taking Ukraine aside for a moment and looking at this, there is a balloon that was hovering over the United States, not for one day, not for two days, not for three days, but for days on end. End. And there are some people who are asking the question, would President Biden and his administration even address this? Had the people
people of Montana not seen what was floating in the air? Well, I think it's important to recognize what they are trying to do. And you saw a testimony today where senior Defense Department leaders were saying, hey, we were tracking this well before it was on anybody's radar. And we were doing counter surveillance. We were trying to understand the capabilities of that. You know, it goes back to the U-2 situation where Nikia Khrushchev was said, yeah, we saw U-2s come in for months and months and months before they flew. This is constantly a dance as we're trying to say, well, what are they able to do? How can we check them? And teasing and going back and forth. So there's a lot of things going on. But why on let it talking. hover for so many days? It was over Alaska. Because over they were, water, though. They were over trying Alaska to understand waters. Why they were trying they to understand the capabilities that it had and what kind of flight patterns it was doing. So they were engaging in uh, defensive actions and screening targets. Uh, they haven't mentioned whether or not they were using electronic jamming, but they were also testing to see their offensive capabilities towards the balloon. So it was a little bit of war gaming that they're not declassifying at this point. So can someone answer the question, did China get anything while this balloon was hovering over the United States? Mike? I mean, maybe Mike knows about this. Absolutely. So they know what, how we're going to respond to an event like this. That is clearly uh, they're they're going to school on that number one. And here's what we don't know: because we couldn't get that suite of electronics. Yep, we may have been able to jam 90% of it. What did they get in the 10%? There's also a passive collection, meaning that there's uh, capabilities where you can store collective activities uh, in a satellite. Remember, you're not that far from satellites at 60,000 feet. Uh, can read a passive device, meaning it's not throwing up a signal, uh, they can zoom over it and get that information. Two and that's why it was so concerning to me. Two, two and here's the other part. If we knew this was over Alaska, or that's where they first detected it, we, we should, I would hope that in the future, and listen, uh, this is not a partisan jab at all. We need to do a better job of trying to make sure that A, they don't have uh, the ability to do this again. B, they understand that we're, we're not going to let just let it float over multiple sensitive areas before we do something about it. And lastly, is there a way to collect? We do have some technology. It wouldn't be exactly perfect, but there were other ways that we could have tried to snag that thing and get the whole suite of electronics. If you're an intelligence business, that's the, you know, that's the brass ring. You want all of that uh, technology so we could say, yep, this is what they were trying to get. This is what they did get. This is their burst technology, how they beat some of our uh, encryption capabilities. All of that really important uh, to, to, to get and to understand what they were Mike, looking for. Should, this is just a symptom. This is a yeah. bigger, bigger picture. Should the president, we should be worried about. Should the president have addressed this more clearly and more explicitly during his State of the Union address? Well, listen, I wish he would have framed out uh, what our China threat is. And, you know, we, we cannot whistle past the graveyard on this. It's very, very concerning to me uh, that we as Americans, all of us, don't understand what threat that uh, China poses to us economically. They're after our own prosperity. Uh, they're using economic extortion around the world to sell their goods and services. They're trying to collect our data through TikTok, uh, through floating a balloon uh, over the United States. Uh, and none of that has a good outcome for us. And what I wish the president had done is started framing out, we have this very but, but, tough- But hasn't this been elevated, but hasn't this been elevated to a much more of an international issue perhaps? We had our secretary of state that was going to have a meeting mm -hmm. with the Chinese uh, a government, and that was canceled. And when that happens, doesn't that just elevate the the uh, maybe the, the the weird level, the the scare level, the scare tactic? Was that a good move? 
I don't think it was. Adam, Adam Ollier, what do you yeah. think about I mean, that? I think the president and the State Department really understand what's necessary to manage this very complicated set of relationships with China. The president, I think, was very emphatic that there's no other world leader who would rather be Xi Jinping right now. And that's because of the pressure that we're continuing to put on them. I mean, last year, this time, we were thinking that they were going to invade Taiwan, and they aren't, because he's made it very clear that we're going to support him. Today, uh, Congress uniformly completely said, hey, this is unacceptable at the House level. I mean, that was first unanimous action in the House as they were saying, hey, this is unacceptable. We're not going to allow it. I think we're all united in understanding the threat that China poses. But optics are important, and optics are important to other world leaders who are watching this unfold right now, to the Chinese leadership that's watching this unfold right now. Does the president seem weak in this no, instance? I think the president seems decisive. He said, hey, shoot it down as soon as it's safe. And he listened to his command team who were saying, this is what makes the most sense for us to do as we operate in this very complicated environment. We need more commanders and chiefs who are listening to the battlefield commanders because they know what's best but on the But as a military ground. expert, when you look at it hovering over Alaska, uh, at some level, there are many people who are asking the question, why not shoot it down then? Why wait? And again, you have a four-star general and a variety of people who've been in the military sure. for 20 and 30 years saying, hey, this is what happens if we shoot it down. This is why it doesn't make sense to shoot it down today. We're going to track it, we're going to understand how it moves, how it operates. They were probably running a variety of tests throughout that entire process. But most importantly, this is a thing the size of three school buses sure. floating over the state. They wanted to make sure that no one got hurt in this process and that they were able to maximize what they could learn from in, this. In Alaska? And no, but, but, but in Alaska, also, it, would have been, it would have been over the water, and I think that's the concern that some people have, some meaning specifically Republican lawmakers who were saying, why didn't this president do something sooner? Mike, I have to ask you the question. You know this thing's hovering above Alaska. You wait until it hovers for days on end, collecting even more data, and then shoot it down when it finally gets over water again. Does that concern you? Yes, this started up in Alaska and went all the way, traversed the continental United States, all the way over to North Carolina. Uh, and by the way, it, it's, it went by areas really sensitive to the United States' national security. I, I doubt this uh, was an accident. If you recall, the, the Chinese were saying, uh, hey, this is just a weather balloon, nothing to see here, don't worry about it. It was clearly, collect. it was spy gear collecting intelligence, valuable intelligence against the United States. What message does this give the rest of the world, Mike? point very quickly. This is a symptom of a larger threat coming from China. They have stolen trillions of dollars of intellectual property from American business, largest transfer of wealth uh, in the history of the world. And they stole it, which is allowing them to compete in places they shouldn't, including, by the way, auto parts uh, that we'd like to be able to build in, uh, for American cars right here in the United States and Michigan. And so th this we cannot let this turn into a completely political food fight. What we need to do as Americans is how do you step Mike, back and say, guess what? Didn't handle that great. We need to be better prepared sure. and we need to understand fully what the Chinese are doing to the United States. We, really only, we only have a quick minute or two left here, but I want to ask you what message this gives China and what will happen next because of perhaps a delay. 
I mean, and shooting it down. It just yeah. it, a they know how we're going to react to it. And you know, they had press conferences, and I, again, just shocking to me. Uh, uh, every every half whatever it was, two hours, saying, "Well, we're, don't worry about it. We know where it's at. It's just here. It's just here." Listen, they just walked through the whole pattern of what we're worried about and what we're not worried about, uh, and the fact that they could traverse the United States. And of course, information now coming out wasn't the first time when they had a balloon over the United States, which is the reason they always they have a second balloon that we, we've maybe we found or maybe this is the third. It it does show the Chinese that we don't have the resolve that we need to have when they're uh, encroaching our airspace, when they're stealing our intellectual property, fill in the blank. You know, th their Navy is now bigger than the U.S. Navy. Now they're the third largest nuclear weapon country in the world, and it may even be more modern than the U.S. We have some huge strategic problems we have to address in this country. We should do a whole show on that, I'm telling you, uh, to get ready for this strategic competition with China. Adam, you have a military background. How do you stop a spy balloon from entering U.S. airspace? I don't think it's about stopping. It's about what are we trying to accomplish. We know that people are going to continue to spy. It's been going on back and forth. The question is, what are we showing? What are we allowing to be shown? And how are we managing every component of that? The cyber warfare game is going on day in and day out. We should be talking about those things, which is why President Biden has been pushing so hard for chips to be made here, which is why we've been pushing all of those kind of things. As the congressman said, this is not a narrow issue of just a balloon. This is about how we're pushing back against China. And I think we're pushing harder and harder every day. I just, hope, I just hope on whatever information China got, we're getting the same information. Uh, we've got satellites up there. We seem to know a lot about the information in, in China. And I just hope that we're doing the same thing to protect our country, too. Otherwise, this thing should have been shot down a lot. And there may be more balloons around not only the United States, but around the world, our allies as well. You watched the State of the Union address, as did everyone else, Adam. We'll finish with this question and let you answer it. Uh, from a Democratic point of view, uh, the president talked about junk fees. He talked about no compete clauses for fast food workers, yet he had one sentence about China. Should there have been more? I think the president has made it clear that China is a real problem and that we are very committed to addressing it. And it's going to be done economically, which is why the Chinese government is really going to struggle with this. They lost way more in this process by losing Secretary Blinken's visit because they really needed it, because their economy is struggling because of their responses to COVID. They are having incredible challenges with their ability to ship and compete nationally. We are doing the work economically to stop them. And we've also made it abundantly clear that they are not going to take an inch of Taiwan. Adam Ollier, always good to see you. Thanks for joining us. And Mike Rogers, we thank you for joining us from Chicago right now via <laughs> Skype here tonight. And uh, we thank both of you for your time. And we come back on the other side of the break. We're staying in D.C. for the next part of Let It Rip. Was the State of the Union a disappointment because we didn't hear firm plans for the future of our country? Or was it a stellar report card showing the U.S. is headed in the right direction? We're digging in next. Let It Rip continues now. Back now on Let It Rip, the President's State of the Union had everyone talking to start the week off. So was it a positive report card or just a lot of words, few specifics, and trying to springboard his presidential campaign? Congresswoman Debbie Dingell is in studio with us tonight, as is Detroit News editorial page editor Nolan Finley. And of course, our anchor and attorney, Charlie Langton, with us as well. Good to see both of you. Nolan, what a pleasure to see you. And as always, Congresswoman, it's nice to see you as well. All right, so this was a chance for him to do a little bit of bragging, the President. Give everybody a state of the union as he sees it. Was it an accurate depiction of where this country's headed, Congresswoman? 
I think that he was very realistic. He talked about the work that we've gotten done, the infrastructure bill, the uh, inflation reduction bill, or the whatever we call it. Right. But, I mean, he's talked about lowering health care costs. But, you know, the most important thing that I think happened that night is that we got Republicans and Democrats to agree that we're not going to touch Social Security or Medicare. And even though one of my colleagues was uh, very, her behavior, I think, was unacceptable in calling the president a liar, it's been well documented. Well, Congressman, let's pause there and actually air that clip real quickly for the people to see. For those who didn't see this, this is just part of the exchange that happened uh, in regards to that particular topic. Take a listen. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans, some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. There you have it. Marjorie Taylor Greene actually screaming liar to the president. He then did something that whether you like the guy or not was pretty genius, which was to turn all of those uh, terrible comments and the liar and the yelling and turn it into applause by simply saying, all right, those who actually don't want to sunset Medicare and Social Security, this is good. We're all on the same page. And they all started cheering. Nolan, pretty smart. Yeah, but it was. Let's, I mean, let's get to the basics here. It was a lie. Republicans don't want to sunset Social Security Medicare. There was a proposal uh, floated by a Republican to sunset all federal spending and revaluate it every 10 years, which isn't a bad idea. And the Democrats turned that during the midterms into this big lie that Republicans want to get rid of Social Security and Medicare. So, you know, was it an ugly moment? Inappropriate? Absolutely. Did the president tell a big whopper? He absolutely did. Okay. No, wait a minute, wait a minute. But, but Dem Democrats know that they can win on an issue. They did it in the abortion last election, sure. but now they try to do it on Medicare and Social Security. And if they get Republicans fighting amongst themselves, that is a winner. It's a strategy that I think President Biden played very well. Well, I, I got to ask you this, though, because when you look at the temperature in that room and, and Congresswoman Dingell was there, we saw you on television. Um, you start hearing people screaming and interrupting. Some people said, my goodness, where's the decency? Where's the civility in this country? And Nolan, I have to direct this as someone who leans conservative. You heard, of course, Nancy Pelosi just a few years ago ripping up the speech. Right. People are comparing that to, the, you know, the, hey, hey, at least you didn't rip, no one ripped up the speech. Speaker McCarthy didn't rip up his speech. Do you think we've lost our way as a country? Oh, of course. I mean, there is there is no decorum. There's no civility. There's no dignity in this process. I would get rid of the speech. I think it serves no purpose other than, you know, a, a to further partisanship. Uh, I don't think the American people learn anything out of that speech. I, w I would just get rid of it because it has become more of a divisive uh, moment for our country than it has a unified. But wait a minute here. The, the, when you watch the president of the United States walk into those hollow chambers and, and you see people from both sides of the aisle, from Steve Scalise mm -hmm. shaking the hands with Debbie Dingell, this is a chance for people to see America come together, isn't it, Congresswoman? Well, first of all, I think rituals and traditions matter. And I think having the president come and speak to the Congress and both the House and the Senate, Supreme Court, the cabinet is an important uh, thing. I do agree with Nolan totally on the inappropriateness, the divisiveness, the rhetoric that is happening in this country. And I think that elected uh, officials should be held accountable by the people that are electing them for their behavior and people should stand up. But you know, Congress is an elected body. It represents 
the people that elect them, and it's also representative of the kind of vitriolic language we're seeing Wouldn't in this country. Wouldn't you say that there are people out there who are watching who, when they heard Marjorie screaming liar and they saw Lauren Boebert roll her eyes, and don't you think there were people in the audience who said, right on, that's well, how I feel, right? Did. That is, of course right. they that's, that's did. mirroring the what people feel. And it's amazing well, how the cameras was, went right there. Isn't it? Isn't that shocking how the cameras went right there? Because he was misrepresenting, and you can't okay. expect people to sit there and lie uh, on a speech that he said himself was designed to unify and bring Congress together. And then he repeats this big lie they've been, Democrats have been telling since the midterms that Republicans want to kill Social Security and Medicare. They are not that stupid. Congresswoman, well, Speaker McCarthy said, Speaker McCarthy said he just sat with the president days ago in which they had a discussion where he promised him that he would not sunset this. Why then? But I am also going to say up? this to you, that Senator Rick Scott, the chair of the Republican Senatorial Campaign Committee, has been very strong on wanting to eliminate Medicare and Social Security that's, and has got plans to revisit it. Senator Johnson has said that's it. That's not what he said, there have been, I mean, now, And the president did was, say it was the majority. a sunset, all spending, to review every 10 years. No, Why he is didn't that say every 10 year? years. He wanted to sunset Social Security and Medicare every five years and then vote to renew it. Why is and it then, a bad year to review the effectiveness of I don't mind reviewing anything, but the way that Senator Scott talks about Another point that got a lot of got a lot of negative attention from many Republicans was when the president talked about fentanyl and the crisis that's taking over uh, suburban and city streets all over. And you heard people say, it's your fault. And they pointed to the border. Congresswoman Dingell, how did the president expect to bring up fentanyl and not talk about the border? Fentanyl is not a Republican or Democratic issue. It is killing our children. It is killing people in our community. But it's it is a border something issue, we, isn't it's it? It's not just a border. Are we complaining about our border up here? But it's coming across our rivers every single day. It's killing our kids. I've had family members that have died of fentanyl. I know people in our community. It's something we all have to work on together. We can't point fingers and say this is your problem. It's a problem. And it, we've got drug cartels. It, it's very complicated. And it's all of our responsibility. Nolan, should we have talked and should we have heard from the president about the Chinese spy balloon specifically because it's been hovering over the people of Montana, the people mm -hmm. of this country? Watch this happen. And the president had one line in the whole speech about that. Was that enough? You know, what the American people wanted to hear is a commitment to our sovereignty. And, you know, when he talks about this balloon coming over our country and I couldn't shoot it down because it might fall somewhere and hurt people, you know, there, were a long, there was a long period after that balloon entered our airspace where it could have been safely shot down. We didn't know what that balloon was carrying. How did we know it wasn't a chemical or biological weapon? A nation has to protect its sovereignty. And you talk about the border. For two years, he has ignored the border crisis. And now he wants to pretend he can't do anything about the border crisis because suddenly he's got a Republican uh, uh, majority in the House. When they had full control of Congress, why didn't they do something about the border. The, the president still won't say it's a crisis. Uh, you know, 10,000 people coming over, uh, 7,500, 10,000 people coming over a day, and that's not a crisis. Congresswoman, the border patrol agents out there, tens of thousands of them are saying this is a real crisis, and I wish this administration would say that. Do you think semantics matter? Oh, this is what I'm going to say. We've got crossings were down in January, which was a good thing, but we do need to do something about it. But what this country needs is comprehensive immigration reform. 
reform, which we have needed to do through Republican presidents and Democratic presidents. And it's so volatile, it's so difficult that nobody can ever get it done. And we need to work together. You and I actually agree on that and doing something. Well, the president, so, could, I think he missed an opportunity, though, to take this chart. I mean, listen, everyone said nobody wants China to fly a balloon over the United States. And I think the president could have made a really, he could have made much more of that than he did in the speech. Because everyone's watching the speech. And I think he really should have said, hey, listen, we're not going to tolerate this. And I don't think, I think he missed an opportunity there. But that's kind of strong language in the midst of where we're at right now. Many people say would have perhaps sparked even more, you know, fervor and fury from the Chinese. Is that something that we're ready to and prepared to, to, to do? I, I think our national security is a very real issue right now. You look at what's happening with Russia. You look at what's happening with China, those alliances. And by the way, I don't think that we should ever not be together on foreign policy like this. We have about 40 seconds left in the segment. Nolan Finley, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders came out with mm -hmm. a Republican response saying this was left-wing culture war, a woke mob that can't even tell what a woman is. Do you think she went too far in her response? You know, she did She did what she was asked to do by the Republican Party. I wasn't all that concerned. I think she did make a good point in that speech that we are at a moment in this country where we need a generational change in leadership. Uh, we have too many, you know, post-war and baby boomers <laughs> running this country. There's a whole lot of people so out Trump's there. Trump's out of it. Yeah, wow. sure. Trump's this 40-year-old this yeah, woman made right. some points that don't necessarily align with everyone in her age category, but certainly in her party, yeah. perhaps it did. We're going to come back with final thoughts mm -hmm. on the other side of this break. Stay with us. And now we're back. Was the State of the Union address teeing up President Biden's second term campaign? Congresswoman Dingell. I don't think he's made a decision, but if he runs again, I'm going to strongly support him. Uh, Nolan Finley, he says, let's finish the job. He said that about 30 times during the speech. Yeah. Does he mean him? Which, you know, conveys the message that they haven't been able to do the job during this first term. I'm waiting to see what, when re Democrats realize they can't win with this guy, that his numbers are so poor and his performance has been so poor so poor that uh, they can't Donald win with Trump him was so and then good. somebody rises to challenge him and I you know like a Bobby Kennedy did like a Ted Kennedy did is it going to be <laughs> is it going to be Trump versus Biden is it, it going be. to be it could is be. it going to be deja vu or could it be Newsom versus DeSantis we'll have to wait and see we'll tap back into your talents and your perspectives as this continues that does it for this edition of let it rip the Let It Rip discussion continues online. Sound off on Facebook, Twitter, or Fox2Detroit.com.